Welcome to the Spiritually Curious Therapist Podcast, a safe space for therapists to explore the intersection of spirituality and healing in the context of being a therapist. I am Jody Silverman, therapist, consciousness guide, and psychotherapeutic Reiki practitioner, and your host. Trained as a clinical social worker, I've been helping people learn, heal, and grow for the past 30 years in various capacities and settings. I am also wildly curious about all things metaphysical, spiritual, and holistic. As I took the leap into my own private practice, I was guided to bring my spiritual part along for the ride. I am so excited to be able to share this journey with all of you and hope to build a community of spiritually curious therapists along the way. You can learn more about me and my offerings at my website, therachyhealing.com. And if you are interested in using psychotherapeutic Reiki in your practice, join our growing Facebook group at Psychotherapeutic Reiki for Clinicians. Hello, and welcome to the inaugural episode of the Spiritually Curious Therapist podcast. My name is Jody Silverman, and I am your host. And I would like to take this opportunity to just introduce myself and the basis of this podcast. And if you're here, I'm guessing you are curious too. So hopefully you'll stick around and feel into the vibe. Um, so I was recently invited to do a podcast with one of my shamanic Reiki practitioner training teachers, Isabel Wells, over at Reiki Cafe University. And I asked her to send me the questions ahead of time, because one thing I've come to know and accept about the way my brain works is that if questions are being fired at me under pressure, my nervous system just goes right into dorsal vagal and completely shuts me off. In other words, I can't find words or express myself in any kind of coherent way. It's always terrible at those um those games in which like, you know, trivial, trivia games or those games where you had to answer questions really quickly. I was the worst. Um, so I've come to realize that about myself and, um, and really work hard to prepare when I know I'm going to be asked questions. The first question on the list that she gave me was, how did you get here? And whoo, okay, so I'm really glad I asked her about this in advance because if I had not practiced, I'd probably be going on and on and on and on and on. It took me days to process and prepare my answer. And I mostly did that while walking the dog because that's when I think best. And before I realized it, I would be like 30, 35 minutes into the walk and had reviewed my whole entire life and still hadn't answered the question. And I realized I was probably intending to share way too much information. And the truth is that my journey as to how I got here has been long and winding with several detours, roundabouts, K-turns, and periods of what I would refer to as being awake, meaning connected to myself and source, and being asleep meaning going through the motions of just being human, everyday kinds of things that we need to do in order to survive. So I also realized that in order to talk about how I got here, I really have to reflect on where I actually am. So I'm guessing you're curious about that. Um, I am a social worker by profession. 
And after graduating with my MSW from the University of Pennsylvania in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, um, in 1995, I began working in group homes for adolescent girls who were adjudicated dependent by family court. And this was usually because they had been truant. Um, later to find out, you know, of course, that they had experienced significant trauma and that there was a lot of adversity and chaos in their lives. So I later went on to work with children and their families in schools and home settings as a therapist, a behavior specialist, ultimately landing a job in a community mental health organization where I stayed for 23 years. Now we all know for those of us therapists who started out in what I call boots on the ground kind of positions, those frontline social worky, case management, uh, frontline staff, um, jobs, if we're good at what we do, it does not take long before we start to move up the ladder. And before we know it, we are further and further away from the direct service that brought us into the field in the first place. So in this particular agency, I held several positions over the years, ultimately becoming the vice president for behavioral health services, which basically meant I oversaw a number of um, programs that provided behavioral health services in the community. And I was in that position for the last six years that I was there. Betwixt and between all of this, my seeking part, because I have a very strong one, was always searching for something else and something more. And these would be my awake periods. So I dabbled in life coaching, multi-level marketing ventures, small business opportunities. I actually wrote a book that was never really, never published, um, but I wrote it. Um, and uh, ultimately, be, I became a psychotherapist as my side hustle during the last seven years of my agency work. I worked for somebody in their private practice as an independent contractor. I also got married, bought a house, had two children, and uh, yeah, did everyday basic things. So I can't really pinpoint where or when my spiritual journey started, but I know it was way before my professional one. And I believe looking back, it actually set the stage and was influential, although I may not have known it at the time, and many of the decisions that I made along the way. In hindsight, it was my spiritual part that was never quite satisfied, the part that was always seeking, that yearning for something more. I grew up in um, the 70s and 80s in a suburb of New York in, I guess, like North Central New Jersey, and um, was raised in a Reformed Jewish household. And I never really, I did all the things, you know, I, I went went to temple when I had to, I made bat mitzvah, I was confirmed, um, but never really felt very connected to the religion as hard as I tried even into young adulthood and later into older adulthood as well. I've raised both of my boys Jewish, they've also made bar mitzvahs, um, but Connecting to the religion has been difficult for me. 
So I'll just admit that right off the bat. The the places where I did connect over the years were uh, different retreats that I went to um, and being a part of a community. But the actual religious practices were just really hard for me to um, lean into. That being said, I've always been drawn to all things metaphysical and choosing to believe in the magic of the universe or God or spirit. From Ouija boards, tarot cards, spirit guides, angels, past life experiences, near-death experiences, the paranormal, like I can never get enough of it. I loved reading about it. I loved talking about it. I've always, we always had a parking spirit guide as long as I can remember. I don't even know where that came from. Um, And in times of crisis, I have been drawn to these things for comfort and guidance. I think they've always kind of been in the background. So, for example, in recent conversation with someone close to me who was telling me that they were having trouble falling asleep due to ruminating, I disclosed that when that happens to me, I call a board meeting with my spirit team. And I invite them all into the boardroom and hand whatever I am ruminating about over to them. I'm usually asleep before they all sit down at the table. And so this person looked at me and said, do you realize how batshit crazy you sound? And my response was, yeah, maybe, but I'm sleeping and you're not. So in April of 2022, I was... um, big life change happened for me. I was let go from the agency agency job that I had had for the past 23 years. So there was new leadership and they were going in a different direction and it was time for change. And the truth is that I had wanted out for a while. Some might say I even manifested my departure. Um, the system was rigid, the system of behavioral health um, was rigid and hypocritical, and the institutional trauma was just soul-crushing. And I was tired. It was a lot of years in community mental health work. But it's hard to leave a steady paycheck and take that leap into something new and unknown. So I remember at some point that year, I had a dream. And I've had a couple of these lucid dreams throughout my life. I don't remember all of the details, but I was standing on a ledge with my back to the drop, holding on to what I think was a fence or some kind of railing. And I heard a voice say, just let go. And so in my dream, I did. And I fell, like totally free falling. And I was caught. And it was the kind of catch that felt like landing on a soft cloud and a huge hug all at the same time. It's the only way I can describe it. Um, It was visceral and it was real. And it was then that I knew that everything was going to be okay. So here I am a year into my full-time psychotherapy practice in which I'm doing what I was meant to do. So I am a psychotherapist. I am also a psychotherapeutic Reiki practitioner. So I'm sure we'll talk more about that in in future episodes. 
Ram Dass says that whatever drew us to this field, to wanting to help people and relieve suffering is all part of our karma. And I do believe that. I also believe that all of my detours along the way were necessary for me to be able to show up in the space that I am now. And I imagine that there will be a lot more because that seeking part of me does not like to take a back seat. Like a dog who sees a rabbit, except in my case, I'm a therapist who sees a spiritual experience and wants to know all there is about it. Sometimes I go down that hole and come out empty handed, but never without feeling aligned in some kind of way. And I made a decision a year ago when I was opening my full-time private practice that I was going to bring all of this into my work because it's not separate from who I am as a therapist. In fact, it's what makes me who I am as a therapist. So starting this podcast is a step along my journey, a way in which I can go down those rabbit holes and share with all of you and maybe not feel so alone. Because I think we're all doing amazing things out here. And I'm, I'm not sure that everyone realizes how much of our work as therapists is spiritual in nature. In fact, I'm quite sure that many therapists hide those parts of themselves out of stigma and fear. But wherever we go, there we are, right? Does it not make sense that we would integrate our own beliefs into our practice? Even more than that, does it not make sense that our journey as a therapist would not be spiritual in nature? Is there any other way we can approach this work without getting completely burnt out? And where do we draw the line between being a spiritual being and a therapist? Is it our license? Is it the ethics board? What does it mean that we have become bound by the limitations of evidence-based practices and quick fixes to relieve suffering when we know deep in our soul that the suffering is a gateway to truly knowing ourselves? When we know like we know like we know, as one of my teachers always says, I love that. Had that experience, like I know, like I know, like I know. When being a therapist is who we are rather than what we do, but so is our spiritual practice. And this is so unique to everyone. So for me, it might be a ritual of meditation, self-reiki, pulling a tarot card every morning for myself. It may be my exercise, my workout routines. For others, it might be through music or dance nature, or singing, or art, or nutrition and cooking. I want to know, how do you bring your spiritual part into your work? I hope you will join me as we explore all of the above and more. Peace and blessings to you all. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Links to everything we talked about are in the show notes below. As a reminder, for more information about me and or to contact me, visit my website at therachihealing.com. T-H-E-R-A-C-H-I-H.
Healing.com. Peace and blessings to you all.